listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Well, good morning, New Chapel. How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, that was pretty good for the 9 a.m. service. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brian Capiel. I'm the assistant pastor here. Pastor Eric, thank you for that word. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, hey, I just want to say what a blessing these testimony videos have been to me personally. This uh, series has been incredible. Uh, one really cool thing that, that I've seen throughout this series is I've actually seen people begin to open up and begin to tell more of their story. And I think people have realized uh, that they're not alone in what they're going through. Uh, not only do they have Christ standing alongside of them, but also uh, we have our brothers and sisters in Christ all around us. And I think the realization that other people have either already gone through what I'm going through right now and God has seen them through it, or uh, they are currently going through it and I can be with them in their struggle. I think that it's been pretty awesome to see. And I've been overjoyed through these campfire stories uh, to see how a real relationship with Jesus has changed people's lives. And in many ways, uh, God has resurrected dead areas in people's lives where somebody had something in their life where they had uh, died in an area and God uh, in his resurrection power brought that back to life. And today I want to focus on a moment in scripture uh, in John chapter 11 where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And when we hear this scripture, uh, a lot of people don't know he's saying this in the context, not of his own resurrection, but it's contextually in the resurrection of a, a different person. And his name was Lazarus. And uh, what I want to do today is I want to read this story. I want to look at three different ways that oftentimes we die on the inside. I want to look at three uh, different characters and then see how Jesus' resurrection power can bring those areas back to life. And John 11, chapter one, uh, John 11, verse 1, Scripture says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. And it wasn't just that he was sick. Uh, he was deathly ill. Like he was, he was on his deathbed. He was very, very sick. Scripture says he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And so, verse 3, the sisters sent word to Jesus. Would they, would they send word? What did they say? He said, Lord, the one you love is sick. And this is bad news in, in the middle of the good life. And I just want to pause and take a moment, and if I could acknowledge the fact that although there's a lot of people who are celebrating awesome things in their life right now, there's also a lot of people who are hurting and a lot of people who are going through struggles and trials 
And if I were to say, hey, anybody have a need in the room, every single person's hand would go up. And maybe you're in the room and you've gotten those exact words where the one you love is sick. Maybe somebody you have uh, know has cancer or, or something bad or, or you uh, thought you had your dream marriage but it turned into a nightmare. Maybe through COVID you lost your job and you've found yourself asking why. And this reminds me of a time in my life where I was on the cold observation table uh, at OAM, and I had the orthopedic surgeon uh, talking to me about this extremely serious shoulder surgery that I was about to go into. And I know you may be thinking, hey, that doesn't really compare to Lazarus uh, about to die. Uh, I'm with you, but let me just give you some context for my story. Um, I was a freshman in college, and I was just about to start playing my freshman year uh, baseball season at the University of Finley. And baseball, it was everything to me at that time. Uh, I had started playing the game of baseball before I had formed my first memories. It's that far back for me. I'd spent so much of my childhood training, developing in, forming myself for that one thing to be a baseball player. Uh, I started playing travel baseball uh, at the time when I was 10 years old. And really from that point to uh, really my, the rest of my childhood, it was April to August, Monday, or uh, sorry, Friday through Sunday. And then when we got into summer, Thursday through Sunday, uh, staying in a different hotel in a different city, uh, playing at baseball tournaments. And my dad and I literally, we spent uh, thousands of hours uh, fully pursuing uh, baseball. And I went into high school and, and was still passionate about it. Ended up my junior and senior year being all state, earning a scholarship, going to college to do that. I was like, my eyes are set on playing for the Tigers. Like, that was my dream. That's what I, like, I was like, I'm all in. This is everything that I want. But then the words from the surgeon came and he said, um, you're never going to be able to throw a baseball the same again. And I had torn my rotator cuff and my labrum and there was a cyst on the interior of my shoulder that they had to cut out and repair. And at that point in my life, it was heartbreak. And I know that's maybe a little bit narrow-minded, uh, but as a freshman in college, it was all that I had wanted to do, all that I had planned on, and I saw it dissolving in front of me, and the doubts became, uh, began to rush in. And uh, back to John 11, I think in the middle of this, Jesus says something that's pretty amazing. In verse 4, Jesus says, uh, Scripture says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. What does he say then? He says, no, it's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And I think oftentimes it's the things that we don't want to happen, where God will actually bring glory to himself 
through some of the worst news that we can get. And I, I want to quick give a summary of verses 5 through 14, and you should read this on your own. But uh, So Jesus gets word of Lazarus being sick, and Martha and Mary, I'm sure, are fully anticipating Jesus drops everything he's doing and comes to the rescue immediately. But that's not what we see in Scripture. We see in this story, Jesus does nothing for two days. He does nothing. They're, they're freaking out, and he's hanging out. And then two days later, uh, Jesus says to his disciples, hey, uh, let's go to Judea. And his disciples say, hey, no, um, everybody there wants to kill you. Uh, which was true, uh, but he says, hey, no, Lazarus has fallen asleep, uh, and we need to go wake him up. Uh, and he wasn't saying that Lazarus had uh, really fallen asleep. It wasn't like he was going to go and say, Lazarus, wakey, wakey, you know, time to, time to get up, time for school. That's like, he had died, and Jesus is saying, we need to go and raise him from the dead. Now, I want to look at three different characters I want to look at uh, the disciple Thomas. I want to look at Mary, one of the sisters. And I want to look at the other sister, uh, Martha. And I want to see, uh, point out three different ways that they were dying on the inside. And perhaps you can relate to one of these ways. And we're going to start with Thomas. Uh, Thomas, doubting Thomas, uh, he was dead in his doubt. He was dead in his doubt, and, and he's known as Doubting Thomas. I think that's uh, probably unfair, uh, maybe just very unfortunate that we uh, understand him as that, but we see that in verse 16, John 11, verse 16. It says, Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, everybody say that on the count of three, one, two, three, Didymus. Oh, no, you guys got to do better than that. One, two, three, Didymus. Doesn't that just sound like, um, like a bad name for a rapper? Like, like Didymus. Come, come on, you guys got to have some fun. with. I'm going to have fun with or without you, says Didymus. Okay, we'll get back to the scripture. Okay, uh, it says, uh, he said to the rest of the disciples, listen to this. He said, okay, let us also go that we may die with him. In other words, He's doubting. Like, this is not going to go well. Uh, we're going to go die. Uh, this isn't going to end well for us. When Jesus is saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is the purpose. This is what we're doing. Thomas is doubting. And I just want to ask uh, if we could be honest in the room, show of hands, uh, who's had maybe some spiritual doubts in their life at one point or another? Every, okay, yes, put them down, put them down. And if, if your hand's not in the air, just go ahead, just real quick, go polish your halo, uh, shine that thing up while I just talk to the real people uh, for just a moment. Because everybody that I know, uh, truly, at some point in their life has uh, prayed a prayer, knew that God could, thought that he was going to, and it didn't happen. I know married couples who are believing that they're going to conceive. And everybody in their group 
uh, is having, ba- they just look at each other, boom, pregnant with triplets, you know. And I look uh, throughout this church even, and I see so many people are either pregnant or uh, just had a baby. And yes, Scripture says rejoice with those who are rejoicing, uh, but so many are, are praying and praying and praying and asking God, why? Why? And the doubts rush in. And maybe uh, for you, maybe you grew up with a simple faith in God, but, but then you went uh, and in your freshman year in your Bible lit class, you come and there's some professor and he says, you know, none of this actually happened. And, and you're, you're hit with doubts and you're saying, is this even real? Is this my parents' faith? Is this my faith? And the doubts rush in. Maybe you've had something awful happen to someone you love, and, and you ask, God, if you're good, why did you allow this to happen? If you're all-powerful, why didn't you do something? And all of a sudden, we find ourselves being a lot like Thomas, and something inside of us becomes dead in our doubts. And maybe you're not dead in your doubts, but maybe you're more like Mary. Mary, she was dead in her discouragement. And she was extremely discouraged. And we see that, you know, she was feeling like like nothing good was going to happen. She couldn't catch a break. And we see that in verse 20, John 11, 20, Martha heard that Jesus was coming, and she went out to meet him, right? She sent word, Jesus is coming, I'm running out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. She may have been thinking, what does it matter? What is he going to do at this point? He's already dead. And some of you may, you may feel that you can't change, that you're stuck feeling alone, like there's nobody along with you. Maybe you feel like I'm always going to be depressed or I'm always going to be stuck at this dead-end job or I'm never going to have the marriage that I thought I would and you feel stuck. But of course, today, especially on Sunday morning, you're not going to show it. You're going to come to church, and uh, you're going to put your, you know, your nice clothes on and put your church face on, and we even know how to speak the church, you know, the Christian language when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, how are you doing? And your reaction is, come on, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, he's risen, I'm too blessed to be stressed. You know what I'm talking about? And we smile on the outside, but inwardly, we oftentimes find ourselves discouraged. And maybe you're not dead in your doubts. Maybe you're not dead in your discouragement. Maybe you're more like Martha, and Martha was dead in the delay. If you're taking notes, write that down. She was dead in the delay. God took too long. Jesus should have come back earlier. 
In John 11 and verse 17, Scripture says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Everybody say four days with me. One, two, three, four days. Why is that important? It's important because when Martha was living in this time, uh, there was a commonly held belief that the spirit of somebody who died would stick around for three days. And that's not Bible. That's not a Christian belief. But that was more folklore at that time, that three days, spirits kind of, you know, dead bodies right here, spirits kind of hanging around, fourth day, spirit leaves. And so that's important because he's been in the tomb four days. And so Martha knows uh, he's not kind of dead. Like, he's dead dead. Like, he's super dead. Like, he's really, really, really dead. And, and it's actually, um, King James, it's a little, uh, it's not funny, but so verse 39, uh, Martha actually in this story describes the smell. And, and, she's, <laughs> and she says, uh, the body stinketh. Like, he stinketh. And I love the way the King James translators translate. Like, that's a holy stink. I would say, like, he's stanky, but uh, King James says he, it stinketh, like super dead, 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 stinketh. John 11, verse 21, we see the delay. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother, he wouldn't have died. You took too long I think sometimes we find ourselves asking the question, why didn't you show up? We feel dead in the delay, waiting on God for an unanswered prayer or from some results. And I want you to know, and I hope you get this, and I hope this sticks with you. I hope you remember this forever. God's delays are not his denials. God's delays are not his denials. And just because God hasn't done it in your life yet doesn't mean that he isn't in charge and it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a plan where what you're going through right now ultimately will bring glory to him. And that's exactly what happened in my life. And uh, in my story, it was my university's plan to send me that summer uh, my freshman year, summer, uh, to play my summer baseball in the Cape Cod League. It's in, uh, on the East Coast in Massachusetts. And because I had shoulder surgery, and uh, at that point, it was uh, really forced rehabilitation. I couldn't play baseball that summer. Uh, I was at home, and I was in rehabilitation. And I thought... I was not excited about that. I really wanted to go play on the East Coast, all those things. It was a change in what I thought was best. Uh, but it was in that season of my life where I replugged into church that summer. And I started meeting and developing godly relationships in my life. I started serving again. And God really in that season began to change my heart. I started desiring more of what he wanted for me. And I had, you know, it was incredible. God, men of God 
pointing me in the right directions. Things in my life were starting to change. I was starting to, to really see what God had for me. But then three months ended, summer ended, I went through my rehab, and I went back to school. But something was different. I couldn't sleep. I had no peace about where I was or what I was doing. And I had this spiritual unrest. I was, uh, I, I, I was, I just knew something was missing. Uh, and at the same time, really because of what I had just gone through that season, I had begun to be consistent in the word. I had started really seeking God in prayer and was actually learning to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and where he was leading. And it was in a moment where I heard from God, and he said, you need to move back to Grand Rapids. What I have for you is in Grand Rapids. It's not in Findlay, Ohio. And so there I am. I'm transferring to GRCC, <clears throat> kind of still pursuing my same path. I'm transferring to CC, going to play my sophomore season there, and then transfer to Grand Valley. That way I, had this whole, I had the plan figured out. I had it all ready to roll. And it was uh, five years ago, uh, but I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, it was during the baseball season, and I am driving to uh, my cadaver lab uh, because I'm planning on being a physical therapist. It's 7.30 p.m. It's pitch dark outside. Uh, I'm driving to the downtown campus. I'm listening to Jeremy Camp. And it's the song, Christ in Me. And it's that part of the song where it says, I'm done with what holds me down, what I once was chasing after. And then the next part says, throw off these heavy chains that I've let become my master. And it was in that moment where God showed me I had let baseball become my master. And I knew in that moment that God was asking me to lay that down, to stop doing that. What I had trained my entire life for, up until that point, that was the only thing that I had ever wanted. I had built my entire identity around that one thing. But I'm thankful to God that I was obedient to him and had godly counsel in my life because ultimately it was that decision that led me down the path to receive my calling into ministry and to make the decision to serve God for the rest of my life. And it was the momentary heartbreak. What I thought was bad news at that time, what was contrary to what I had planned for my life that led to God giving me a new purpose and an eternal purpose. And even though I was laying down, putting to death, really what I thought was best for my life, God resurrected something new and put a new calling in me. And I want you to, to write this down, that every death in Christ is followed by glorious resurrection. Everything that we have to die to, where God is calling us out, out of, will result where God will bring to life something new, something better. He'll call you, what scripture says, from glory to glory. And sometimes it's difficult 
Like for me, in that situation, it's all I ever wanted, all I ever saw myself doing. And God said, no, 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 that's not what I have for you. But what I want you to know is when God says no, it's because he has something so much better. Amen, somebody? In John 11, in verse 22, and this is key. So Jesus shows up. Martha says to him in the previous verse, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He would still be alive. In verse 22, she says, but I, ask, but I know that even now, everybody say that, even now, oh my God, everybody on the count of three, everybody say that, one, two, three, even now. One more time, it's no fun without you. One, two, three, even now. Even now, God will give you whatever you ask. She looks at Jesus in her delay and says, God, Jesus, right now, even now, even though we're dead in our doubts, we're dead in our discouragement, we're dead in our delay, even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And really, some of us in the room need to have an even now moment with God. And you may be stuck, but God is calling us to turn the page, let our faith come alive again and believe that even now all things are possible with God. Somebody say, even now. Come on, say, even now. Even now when you're feeling discouraged, the presence of God can come into your life and build your faith. Even even now, when you're feeling all alone, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, can cover you with his peace that surpasses all understanding. Even now, God could come into your family and heal jacked-up relationships, can bring forgiveness and restoration and produce harmony in your family. Even now, when you're staring at a mountain of debt, our God says that he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Even now, when it looks impossible, we serve a God who says all things are possible with him. Even now, if your heart is cold and calloused to the things of God in a moment, our God, with one touch, can soften your heart, can put a new calling new desires into your spirit, even now when something in your life is dead, God's resurrection power can bring it back to life. Amen, somebody? Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. John eleven twenty three through 26, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And she was confused. She thought he was talking about a different resurrection. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? If you believe that, let's just give God praise right now. If we believe that he is the resurrection and the life. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, that the resurrection is not an event, it's a person. The resurrection is not an event, 
It's a person. That dead things, they don't stay dead when the resurrection walks in the room. And Jesus, he looks at this tomb that Lazarus is buried in, and he says to his disciples to roll the stone away. Verse 43, when he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to him, take off your grave clothes and let him go. And I love this. I love seeing the contrast in the story of Jesus' resurrection and Lazarus' resurrection. We see in Lazarus' case, there's a stone that's uh, blocking the tomb. The disciples roll it away. In Jesus' resurrection, there's a stone in the way the women uh, are, are approaching Jesus' tomb, and they're like, oh no, uh, who's going to roll this stone away? Uh, and listen, I know some of us in the room, some of you feel dead on the inside. You've lost faith, lost hope, dead in delay. You may be discouraged, and you may have doubts. But I want to declare to you today that Jesus has rolled the stone away, that he'll do it in your life. And that same voice that called Lazarus out from the grave is calling out to you today to come out. Come out. Your sins can be forgiven, not because of that, that anything we did that we're good, but because he's good, that we can be set free, not because we're strong, but because God is strong, that we can feel his presence, not because we did anything to deserve it, but because he promised it, that he's that good. Resurrection is who he is. And some of you in the room, you're stuck but I want you to know that one touch from God, his resurrection power can change everything in your life. And listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that everything's gonna be perfect, everybody's healed and everybody lives forever and your hair's gonna never turn gray and your body's gonna be perfect and you know you're gonna win the lottery. Like that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is God can resurrect the dead parts in your life, the doubts, the discouragement, being stuck in delay, one touch from God, and he can resurrect that in your life. Father, I pray right now, God, I pray that your word and your presence build faith in your people this morning. And it's not in my notes, but I did want to cover it. And uh, y'all can look at me, uh, lift your heads for a moment. Um, Jesus waited two days. Uh, so he had been healing people. It was, it was his signature miracle. Um, in the scripture, God says, uh, referring to himself, he describes himself as Jehovah Rapha, the healer God. Uh, it's not something he does, it's who he is. He's the healer God. And Jesus, 
he waited two days. Uh, and you'll notice when we were talking about the story, he waited for Lazarus to die before he went. And he did this to show us that he is the resurrection, that it is who he is. Lazarus had to die. Uh, if he would have showed up and healed him, there could have been people who said, oh, it was, the, it was the antibiotic or it was the ibuprofen. I don't know. They probably didn't have ibuprofen in those days, but uh, it, I don't know. Maybe they were using some kind of herbs or spices. I don't know. But they could have reasoned it away. Jesus waited until Lazarus was dead to show his power, to bring glory to God. And there's some things in our life where God is waiting. And listen, it's not that he's not in control, not that he's not in charge, not that he doesn't have a plan. But sometimes he'll wait. Like in my case, I thought that was the end of the world. Listen, I know, maybe narrow-minded, grand scheme of things, I got you. Thought it was the end of the world. But God said, just wait. Because what you're going to do as a result of this is going to bring glory to him. And it's through the resurrection of those parts in our lives where God gets all of the glory. And that's where we have to be real focused and say, uh, God did this, give him the glory. He's good, not because of anything I did or any works I could do, but because he's good, he's faithful, he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me, he set my feet on solid ground. And that's the foundation we build our lives on. And if you're in the room today and you're going through struggles and trials and maybe uh, when you're hearing these different characters and you're relating to them and you may think, I have doubts and I'm discouraged or I'm stuck in the delay. If we could be honest, I want to pray for you. If you need God to resurrect a dead area in your life, just between you and God as an act of faith, uh, go ahead, lift your hand just for a quick moment. If you need some area of your life for God to touch with his resurrection power, thank you for your honesty. Hands up all over the room. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. God, thank you that you're big enough that you know every intimate detail of everybody in this room's lives. You know every detail and every situation. You know every need. And God, by your power, I pray that you'd intervene right now for those who are hurting. God, I pray that you'd be an ever-present help in time of need. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit, the Comforter, would be a source of peace in their lives. God, that they would have a peace that surpasses all understanding, that it wouldn't even make sense, but they would have peace. And God, I ask that you'd breathe on those dead parts of their lives and that you'd resurrect what's dead inside of them. God, I ask right now that you'd touch that, that your resurrection power would be strong in their life that you'd refresh their spirits, that you'd set their feet 
on the rock of your foundation. And God, I pray that you'd speak a new purpose, a new calling, that you'd refresh their minds to everything that you have for them. And God, I thank you that you said in your word that you work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And God, we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. And I love in that last verse the question that Jesus asks us. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Then he says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And uh, for me, uh, growing up, uh, I believed it. Uh, in my head, uh, I would wear my nice clothes on Christmas and Easter when we went to church. Uh, I had a head understanding, but I didn't have a heart relationship with Christ. I would say I believed it intellectually, but I never personalized the reality of Christ's resurrection, that he did that for me. You know, I thought I had to try hard and and be good, or at least better than other people. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? And I didn't realize that it was the internal doubts that I had, really the the fear of not measuring up. Uh, It was because I was dead in my sins. If you're here, and that's you, and you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want to tell you today that the same voice that's called, that called Lazarus out of the grave is calling you out of your sins today, that there's forgiveness and grace and healing and a relationship with Christ when you make him Lord. And it doesn't matter, the doubts. Yeah, I have people, uh, I, I talk to people, really, uh, it's so funny, when I run into people that I grew up with, I, uh, they're always shocked by what I'm doing. Uh, and, and that gives me kind of the opportunity to share Christ with them. And uh, one of the things that I hear from people is, well, uh, I messed up too bad. Like, uh, I went down the wrong path too far. Or I have too big of doubts. Let me tell you, uh, you could never mess up too big for God to save you. Uh, your, the size of your doubts uh, and your feelings can be put to the side when you put your faith in Christ and he loves you he'll forgive you he'll make you new scripture says that he'll put the same spirit in you that raised Christ from the dead if you would bow your heads with me I want to make an invitation for those people in the room who have not made a, a, a relationship with Christ by turning from our sins believing Uh, in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, confess with our mouth that he's Lord. If that's you today, uh, we're going to say a prayer, and the Bible says, if you mean it, that you'll be saved. And those of you who are saved in this room, I want you to repeat this after me as a declaration of your faith. Uh, And those of you who are saying it for the first time, uh, This is the best decision you will ever make. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord, I come before you today in search of a new way. You said in your word 
if I would call Jesus Lord, I would be saved. Jesus, I now call you Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I ask now you'd forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for washing me clean. Thank you for putting your spirit in me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, can we give God praise for those people who accepted Christ? And if that's you, if you made that decision today, listen, uh, come down to the front. We're going to have prayer partners down here. I want to connect with you. I want to be able to explain the decision you just made. I want to be able to get materials, some content into your hands to talk about what salvation is and get you next steps on your walk with Christ. Please be sure uh, to come down. And before we dismiss, uh, I want to just give a couple of quick announcements, some exciting things going on at the church today. Uh, everybody say today. today. Hey, y'all, that was good, y'all. That was really good. Today we have a Go Team Society event. So if you serve, if you're on the Go Team, 15 minutes after the 11 a.m. service, uh, and if you're, if you're leaving, go ahead, come on back. We're going to have uh, lunch for you. We're going to have a little cookout, uh, hot dogs, and we're going to have a fun game for us to play together. Uh, and listen, uh, it's important that we're building relationships with those people that we're serving alongside of. And so society event today after the 11 a.m. service. Uh, number two is beach baptisms are back. We loved it so much. Yeah, come on, let's give God praise for what he's going to do. We loved it so much last year. We were like, we're doing that again. And so August 29th. Uh, we're going to have beach baptisms. If you're in the room and you've never been baptized, you have questions, come talk uh, to a pastor and we'll answer your questions or you can go to newchapel.com baptism. And we've created a website that has a lot of answers there as well. And it's not just for those people who are getting baptized. Uh, we're inviting the whole church out. We're going to have beach games and things and drinks and refreshments, and, and it's going to be a fun day at the beach celebrating what God is doing. Uh, also, Pastor Joe is back next Sunday, and so yes, let's uh, be ready. I know he's going to come back uh, ready to preach, and so you're not going to want to miss next Sunday. Pastor Joe is going to be back. Uh, and then lastly, um, and this is something I really want you guys to get loud about this last week, uh, two things with Chapel Ridge. Uh, we passed our state fire inspection. Uh, so let's give God praise. And we uh, received our certificate of occupancy for the daycare. And so that's a big deal. That's exciting. Absolutely. We, uh, we were meeting uh, really before Pastor Joe left. Uh, and we, this is really, the, the dominoes are kind of falling. This is what we planned on happening. And so God is really showing us his favor through this process. Uh, but we want to plan, and we really think we can do it. We really, really think we can do it. We want to open the daycare in the month of August. 
opening. Let's, let's be, but here's, here's what we need uh, from you guys. Uh, be in prayer. Be praying for your pastors. Be praying for God's favor. Be praying for the right people to come because this is a Christian daycare. Um, and so the standard's a little bit higher. Like, you know, we're, I've, I've known some people who've worked in daycares. I'm like, they let you watch kids? Like, that's wild, you know? Is, is that true, Natalie? Yeah. Like, huh, wouldn't have thought. But uh, so be believing God that the right people are going to come our way, that he's going to send the right laborers. And, and the linchpin on that really is we need our director. Uh, we're set in a lot of ways to get this thing open quick. But we need our director. We need the right person, the, the person who God has for us. And so be in prayer with us for that. And so last thing with that is uh, if you're in here, you have kids, and you want to uh, possibly enroll them in the daycare, uh, we have our pre-enrollment forms at guest services. We are going to open this up to the whole community, but we wanted to make sure we gave you guys the, the first opportunity, the first chance to do that. Uh, also, if you're a partner of New Chapel, uh, if you're partnered with the church, there's going to be a huge discount on that. And so uh, if you uh, want to do that, if that's something where you're like, man, this, this, is where, uh, this is the door God is opening for our family, go ahead, grab one of those forms, fill it out, give it right back to them, uh, and we'll be sure to honor that. Uh, but... I'm excited about what God is doing there. Would y'all stand up on your feet? Uh, I want to bless you guys as we get on to the rest of our week. Would you lift your hands for the blessing? Say, uh, you know, I just wanted to say, it's been my privilege to be able to, and I'm so, you're so obedient, still lifting your hands up. I just want to say, uh, it's been my honor to be able to preach to you, and I pray that, that God did uh, speak to you during this message and, and really that you walk away feeling refreshed, resurrected in those areas of your life. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go, peace. you have an awesome week, New Chapel. We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.